Welcome to the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Put it in the upper right-hand corner, just like a postage stamp. That's a good bingo! Get ready to learn more about the Columbus Blue Jackets players and coaches, as well as find out what's going on this week in the NHL. Now let's join Bob McGilligan and Jody Shelley for the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank. Welcome to the Inside Edge and what has been a very tough couple of weeks for the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets in their last nine games have gone 0-7-2 and they're hoping that they can break out of that tomorrow night with a home game against the Chicago Blackhawks at Nationwide Arena. Jody, throughout this entire stretch of the last couple of weeks, it's been since November 2nd, the Blue Jackets have won a game, but... It has not been that long since they've had a chance to win a game because they've had a lot of chances in this nine-game stretch to win games, losing a lot of them by only one goal, uh, losing a lot of games where maybe if they could get a key face-off win or a key power play goal late in the game, it would have turned the thing around, but it didn't. So this is where they are. But the whole thing is, when you go through the stretch, it's not just one thing you can put your finger on and say, boy, if we just change this, the outcome changes. Just change this. It seems like every day there's a different problem with this team right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's tough to look at the standings as a Blue Jackets fan and not feel like, oh, here we go again. And you kind of sense that with the fan base. But when you watch this team, Bob, it's the most skilled team they've ever had. It's now getting them to use that skill at the right time. It's a young, skilled team, and there's new pieces here. And game number 20 is tomorrow night against the Chicago Blackhawks, a team who is struggling, a team whose record is pretty much the same. They have two less points than the Blue Jackets coming into tomorrow night's game. So if you're looking at standings, but if you're not looking at standings and you're looking simply at how this team is playing, you're right. But the only concern is now – for the coach who's now coached 19 games and Pascal Vincent, you know, it's like anything. It's like it's like a teacher asking the students to trust that these, this math formula will work, and it hasn't worked yet. It hasn't. They haven't seen the results of that working, everything, all the work they're putting in. And then the doubt comes in that, is it really going to work? And are we really ever going to win playing this way? And the coach... The staff needs this team. Everybody needs a win to say, okay. Because remember early on, they had a couple wins. It was it was he implemented the system, and then that system worked. And it's like, it's, it's validation of we're doing the right thing. And, you know, he showed video. He showed uh, successful times. We've heard him come out and say that. Uh, yeah, and coaches, coaches that stand back and answer questions where they're not sure how their team is playing, that's a, that's a dire situation, and, and this looks like one, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like what he's implementing uh, and, and how he sees them doing what he's asking of them, he's, he's happy with uh, – he's not happy, but he's, he finds he, – he can find a little bit of con- – not content, but he, he's, he can find – he can be glad with that. Like, he can be all right with that, that, okay, at least they're doing what I've asked. Now – Individually, guys have have struggled, and there's been and and that is glaring when the power play doesn't score. And we talked about Johnny Goodrow not scoring goals. Zach Warinsky doesn't look like himself. He, he was missed the entire season last year. Patrick Liney was out. He's back in now. He's a healthy scratch. There's a lot that's gone into this first quarter of the season, 
And I really look at game number 20 here, and I know everyone says, and, and, and historically, statistically, if you're not in the playoffs by uh, Thanksgiving, which is Thursday, then the, the odds are against you to get in. But there is more to this season, and I've seen the Capitals, I've seen the Penguins, and I know they're in different situations, go on five- and six-game winning streaks, and now that these conversations are all quieted. It's getting to that point where this team needs to go on that kind of a run to get back in and feel good about themselves. And, and, and really, when you talk to the players, when you look in their eyes, you feel like they're doing everything correctly. You feel like they're, they're trusting in what has happened around here, right from training camp till now. And they need the victories. And now, I mean, they've been finding ways to lose, Bob. And, and it's been frustrating for everybody. But they need to find ways to win games. I think about the Provorov turnover in that game where he flipped the puck out in Florida. They were up. It's 59 seconds left. And the Florida Panthers tie it. And, of course, they win it. You get a point, but who cares? You know, you came back from 3 nothing. That, 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 to me, is a game. And we talked about it that week. That's a game that builds you, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what you go through in life. When you have adversity and you come out the other side and you look back and you're like, wow, that, that was important for us. There's been important points of this season already where they haven't been able to get that over that little bump in the road. So, you know, and I, I'm not blaming Provorov. I'm just saying that's the situation. Spencer Martin has an outstanding game, throws the puck up the middle of the ice. It comes back in his net. You know, there's deflating moments where if that doesn't, if, if he makes the save and that doesn't happen, and that's the fine line between winning and losing. So we can look at the roster. You, you can talk about what's happened in the past. But right now with this team, there is something here that if they can get something together for a good stretch, and they, it's imperative right now. It's imperative with what they have coming down the pipe. They've got the Montreal Canadiens, the Chicago Blackhawks, the New Jersey Devils. You know, there's some games in here where they can go and find their game, and, and it's not going to be easy. But, boy, I tell you, they have got to get it done. Yeah, and when you talk about that, and you're talking about teams that have gone through bad stretches, uh, you've got to try to take the negative and think positively about it. And after the game the other night, and, and you're looking for your leaders to talk, but a guy I was impressed by after the game in Philadelphia was Matthew Olivier, who, you know, he played a good game. He fought Nicholas Delarier's trying to get something sparked with his team. But after the game, uh, you know, some of the comments that he made, I thought were very poignant comments like this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could turn it around and say if you're in a nine-game winning streak, you can't get too hyped. So, um you know, we, we can't we can't get down on ourselves here. There's a lot of hockey left, and, uh, you know, one thing that we keep in mind is one year St. Louis was dead last in the league, and we ended up winning it. So anything can happen. Um, we're not out of it yet. Obviously, it puts us in a tough spot, but there's there's a little bit of, you know, t- being accountable to ourselves, but also moving on and, and focusing on the next game ahead. But like I said, we're just, we're just going to have to, you know, really take a long look in the mirror here and some some little things that you know as a young group we're, we're going to learn but we need to hammer it home here and he's right about that and, and and he mentioned that look in the mirror thing a couple of times in his post-game comments and, and really you know <laughs> you can look at the general manager and the roster construction you can look at the coach and who he's deciding to play and deciding to scratch and this and that but you know you mentioned Johnny Gaudreau Patrick Line there have been times they have not been good enough there have been times as you said there, there's a Provorov mistake there's a Martin mistake everybody's made some kind of a, a key mistake I think throughout uh, the course of this so really 
the players, I mean, it does come back to the players, and, and they're the ones that are going to change it if it's going to change. Bob, I've been a part of teams that lose, and, and you know, you can talk about all those things, all those components of the organization you want. When you're losing, the food isn't right. It tastes terrible. The weights aren't right. The, the lighting in the locker room is terrible. The music stinks. Everything you do is just not quite, it's not great. And, you know, after a win, and Olivia just said it, you don't let the, the good times get too high or the bad times get too low. You really have to focus on that. And, I, you know, it's, it's on the players. And this is a guy who has a comment after being a healthy scratch, or I didn't think he deserved it. I think the coach even said that, that he's not the guy to come out. But, you know, he had to sit and watch while, you know, the team was letting other players, other pieces in this organization, uh, try to help to figure it out and get the wins. And that didn't work. So now he's in. So now he's got a voice. You don't have a voice until you have a good game and, and you contribute and you're in the lineup. So he's – and I say that, and it's because I've been the guy in the locker room that's been in that situation. And I remember having real conversations with – in locker rooms with real leaders. Some are Hall of Famers that I'm sitting across and, and they're waiting for someone to step up and say something and, and say, address elephants in the room. And if that's what they have to do, that's what they have to do. And, and maybe Olivier is at that point, but uh, it, it can't, whatever, whatever they need to talk about needs to be talked about right now and dealt with and go out and get a victory tomorrow night. And then move forward, and and that's really where where I think it, it what it comes down to is, um, you're right. You, you can't sit around and look at each other because you know what, losing isn't going to stop until that room grabs it and goes out and finds the way to win. I'm, one of the wins the Blue Jackets have, uh, Elvis stands on his head. Another, I, I don't know if it's the same game or not. Boone Jenner gets a hat trick. You know, they played an exceptional game, so that's all good. You can't just be a guy on the bench waiting for something special to happen. You have to worry about your job and that six feet of ice that you have to take care of every shift and everything will happen. And, and that's something they've got to be careful of is not trying to do too much. And maybe a guy like Patrick Line, who's extremely hard on himself, that's what he's trying to do, you know. It's got to be the six feet of ice within our system that when you go to battle for the puck or when I give you the puck, you take care of it and make sure it comes back to me or gets to the net or doesn't get flipped over the glass or go offside or those things that put stutter in the game. And um, it's a young team that, you know, and a lot of the young guys are looking to the older guys. But some of these guys, and I've heard Fantilli's comments, it's time now to everyone to take a step forward and, and really as a team just say, this first 19 games is, is over with, and now it's time to let, let's go. And, and it's easy to say that, but it's moments and players and, and situations like, you know, you hear from Olivier where, and, and I know I've said it myself on, on side conversations, it's, it, the talk is over. But, I mean, that's the talk outside. You know, that's the, the talk outside the locker room. They, they can only say the same thing so much. You can feel it that there's things in the, in the game that, each individual need to take care of within the team structure that will lead to victories and then the snowball starts picking up speed. There were some other comments he made after that game and there were comments that Boone Jenner made after the game and this is the Philly game I'm talking about and Jenner was in the face of the goaltender every time he was down the ice and I know that's not abnormal 
I, he's always doing that. But I thought he was doing it in a different way on Sunday. I thought he was purposely getting in there, getting that extra stick in every time, not just once or, or twice, like every single time right from the beginning of the game. And then so I was thinking about that and then listening to some of his postgame comments and some of the other things Olivier said, it was, it was almost like it came across to me where they were almost uh, begging their teammates to – Come on, get into the game with us here. Get up the energy level. We, we need to get a little bit, not meaner, but you know, let's get scrappy, especially in a game like that. It's the second game of the back-to-back. I know you don't have great legs and all that stuff, but I just got the impression that they, in that game, didn't feel that their team was hard enough to play against. Well, that's something that Boone has got to address with the guys, and, and uh, maybe he has. I, I have no insight. And maybe I'm totally misreading. No, that, but I'm just, you, you could you know. be. I mean, that's you know, those are guys that uh, show up and, and play their role to a T. But you know, I look at Johnny Goodrow, and I think the last two games, that's what we want from John. That's what Johnny Goodrow needs to bring is drawing. And it snapped when he got that goal in Washington. Exactly, and, and it's feeling good. Athletes need to feel good about themselves. Wide receivers need to get thrown the ball so they can catch it. And there's all these things that we can analyze when it comes to wins and losses. But Johnny wasn't playing well enough. But now it's not just the goal. It's like how he scored that goal in Washington. It's a six on five. He comes off the bench. Other guys have the attention of of the defenders because they're making. There was three beautiful little exchanges on the on the on the right side of the ice. So they're scrambling for that. And in the weeds comes Johnny Goodrow, and he puts the puck in the net. And there's other times where Johnny Goodrow will, when he's behind the net with the puck, he lo- we don't see him back there enough. We love him behind the net. He loves it. Two guys come in, they're in trouble. And that's exactly what he wants because then the open guy gets the puck and they get an opportunity. I think it was Boone Jenner off the post. You know, that's where, that's, that's the Johnny Goodrow where before he was fighting it, he'd get the puck and lose it. And you're wondering what's happening. And sometimes we see line A. Here he comes up the middle. Oh, this looks good. You sit on the edge of your seat. And then it's that extra stick handle instead of shooting the puck where that mentality for Patrick Laine, every time that puck is on the front of his stick, it should be ripped towards the net. It should. Ju- I think he should have 10 shots tomorrow night. Focus, try to get four. You know, I think it was R.J. Umberger. He was uh, he played with Mike Knubel, and he, he, he mentioned that Knubel really helped him when he said, R.J., focus on four shots a game. That's your goal. And for line A, I would say six because he gets power play in those times. But it helped RJ because the small focus. I have the puck on my forehead. I'm going to shoot it. And there was a play where line A, it was a turnover that led to the goal the other way where he tried to force it to Cole Sillinger, which was there early. But I'm just thinking as he turns around and gets it on his forehand, it should be right. The last thing the goalie wants is line A shooting. And so if he can get that, that, you know, if the players like Johnny can say, okay, I'm going to, what he's done is improved. If Patrick can get to that, now you've got something going. And I, me as a, as a line mate of, of line A, if I'm Cylinder, I want that puck right away. But as that door closed, I also am thinking, I hope he shoots the puck right away. Because that's half my brain's thinking, go to the net. But now if my other hand half's thinking, go out here, now we're in between. So I just think that everyone, and, and Jenner and, and Olivier are good examples. So is Corrali. Bring what you bring. Right? Win faceoffs for Crowley, block shots, kill penalties. Boone Jenner, he just tries to will in every situation. Four check. Uh, they they uh, tied it up the other night quickly in Washington. It was 1 1. Jenner went out there for the faceoff. You could see why his, his posture. He was showing the team, we're not faced. We're going to win this game. It was, it, was, it was leadership. So I just think for other guys, it's like if you're a shooter, shoot. You know, Chinnikov, don't just shoot the puck. You know what I mean? And shoot it quick. And it's easy for me to say, and that's my opinion. 
But I think that those things would help in the process of, of feeling good because one's going to go in, and then, you know, everyone feels good about themselves. With you saying all that, I, I want to ask you this from back when, when you played. and You know, you were – obviously, we, we, knew, we know what your, your forte was, but even go back to when you were younger and you were playing, you scored goals. Yeah. Right? So – you're you're not you were never looking to make a fancy play. You were never. always looking if you had the opportunity to shoot, shoot. I agree with you about Patrick Line, and especially on that turnover in Washington. When I saw him dropping that puck back like basically between his legs to try to get it to Cole Sillinger, I'm thinking, What are you doing? Yeah. And that's not an offense to Cole, but let's let's break down numbers. Patrick Line has been a forty goal scorer in his career. Cole Sillinger scored sixteen tops and he struggled all last year and this year. So yeah, okay, if I can set him up for a goal, that's great. But don't worry about that. You you shoot the puck. If he's going to get a goal, let it come off a rebound there because you need to get your game going. And I, th- I think that he, uh, in particular, overthinks that and gets to be too fancy. Look, from the time he got traded here, I'm waiting to see 30, 35 goals, and, and we're still waiting on that. Well, and think about Patrick Lina. He's not a selfish player, which is fine. But uh, put yourself in his shoes. He probably is thinking... And, and sometimes when I skate, and this is such a bad comparison, but I'm going to do it. I mean, it every time you got the puck, you shot. You didn't think about it. No. Now on the alumni games, I think that they, and this is totally not the same, but it just stay, stay with me here. I Everyone thinks I'm going to shoot the puck, right, in the world. Everyone thinks I'm going to shoot this puck. So my advantage is, oh, I'm not going to shoot this puck, right? And I'm going to slide it over. And he's a really good passer. And I just think that he thought in that moment, and the play I'm talking about is it was a shot. He got the rebound. It was off to the left side of the net. He got it off his backhand and on his forehand. And then instead of going to the shot, you know, because he, he thought that everyone else is thinking shot, he, he tries to fool everyone with the pass. And at the split second, it would have been right. And it, it just shows you where he's at. It's just a, he missed nine games. He, he comes back. He's frustrated against the Rangers. He thought he could have won the game in overtime. He had a couple good opportunities. He missed the net. And he can't blame he can't blame himself. He's picking his spot and going for it. And he's just, you know, he's missed some time. So he's not, that's not dialed in yet. And then the next game comes out, I think he gets zero shots. And it, it was like, okay, that's all right. Like, then now this game get eight shots. And then I think maybe the next game he was scratched. So, you know, it, it's it's a lot to go through mentally. And it, it, takes, it takes him... And that, like I said with RJ and, and Knubel, you know, Knubel told him, go get four shots a night. You have to have a very simple focus. I can tell you right now that tomorrow night against the Chicago Blackhawks, nobody knows when they're going to score. Nobody knows what the bounces are going to get. But if they stick with their system and, and be ready when they're in the hard areas and get in front of the net and win battles and compete on pucks and stay organized, they'll win the game. Chicago's not playing an organized game. And, you know, you can't play that level of hockey. You've got to play above it. And the Buffalo Sabres squeaked out a win on them. And, and, you know, that's a team that's been rebuilding forever. They've got all the number one draft picks. They should have blown them out of the water. They found a way to win the game. But at the same time, it's like expect more. And for the Blue Jackets right now, just stick with what you're doing, and everyone needs a simple focus. And I don't have the answers. That's just my opinion on what I see because I've been in that situation. I don't understand Patrick Line's line set, but I'm trying to say that there's there's a simple focus for each individual. And him, it's just anytime that puck's on the stick, be a threat. I think you're trying to say that now in the hockey that you play, you're in I'm exemplary. A 
passer. Right? It's so it feels so great. I'm going to tell you right now, when you can set someone up for a goal, or you, I mean, let's say I give it to you on a beautiful pass, and you get it back. I get it back, and I put it in. It's amazing. Like, I mean, I got to play in a Flyers alumni uh, game, and John Leclaire was there, and I was like, I love John Leclaire, and he was. We played against three different types of teams, a C, a B, and an A team. And he played every game like it was a regular season national hockey league. He was barreling over guys. He was doing one-time shots on a goaltender who I don't think has ever really played. It was incredible to watch. So I got out on the line with him, and I made the, I, I had the puck on the on one side, and I passed it to him back door, and he missed it somehow. He come back to the bench. He's like, Shelly, that was a great pass. Sorry I missed that. I'm thinking, man, oh, man, how great is this? You know, like, I'm like, no, oh, no problem, man. Uh, I, I, you know, I can do better. And it's just like you feel good about setting someone up, and, that's a that's a random story, but that's just uh, that's just how it is out there now in the alumni games. You want to be a disher. Well, when the Blue Jackets take on the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow night, not only do they need a win, but they're going to be facing last year's number one overall pick, and that is Connor Bedard. And, of course, Adam Fantilli went two picks after him, and they are going to go head-to-head for the very first time. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Adam Fantilli about the season that he is having here with the Blue Jackets and about that matchup tomorrow night. Right now, I want to tell you that the Blue Jackets have exclusive Black Friday deals going on. They are live right now. You can save on tickets merchandise, and much more right now through Sunday. To find out more about all of that, go to bluejackets.com slash Black Friday. You're listening to the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank, here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank. I'm Bob McElligot, along with Jody Shelley, and we're joined right now by Blue Jackets forward Adam Fantilli. And uh, Adam, after a nice day off yesterday, it was a long day getting back at it today between uh, practice and meetings and uh, the whole nine yards for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I had a, I had a long day today. Today was, uh, I came back from Toronto this morning. Uh, I went back to go see my grandmother quickly. Um, had an early flight this morning. Had a connection in in Detroit, so we're uh, we're going to be getting to bed early tonight to to prepare for tomorrow. Well, you you talk about jamming stuff in, right? The, the one day off and get up to yeah. Toronto, but yeah. you got to see your grandmother, especially we're getting to that time of the year, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's she's uh like I was advertising on on hockey fight cancer night. It's uh, it's not looking good, and um, I wanted to go back and be able to see her because because I don't know when I'm going to be home next, so. Had to fit that in on the day off and and come back as quick as possible. How happy was she to see you? Yeah, she was pretty pumped. Um, can't did like, she know you were coming? No, 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 no. no. It's uh, she can't have full conversations right now. Um, but you could tell she was she was pretty pumped that myself and my brother were able to go back. Well, that's awesome, absolutely awesome. So I was going to ask you about this whole. You're like 20 games into the first year of your NHL career here, and, and I was just going to say to you about. How are you adapting to it? How are you feeling? I mean, you're right in the thick of the schedule right now because uh, now it's a very busy schedule. There's a lot of travel, and then there you go and put a travel day in on, on your off day. So, you know, what's is this one of the biggest adjustments coming from the, the college game? Not the on-ice stuff itself, but all the stuff that you're dealing with outside of that with these kind of things? Yeah, it's the, the change of lifestyle is what I've been saying is, is the craziest thing. I mean... Um, the the travel schedule, the game schedule. Um, you're you're always going. Um, and you're always trying to play your best because it's, it's the best league in the world. You're trying to be the best version of yourself every night. Um, and it's it's definitely tiring, but it's it's a blast. Um, you get to play hockey all the time, and and you love to do it. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but I've been adjusting those as well as I could. I I feel like I 
my expectations coming into this this year were, were to try and learn and become the best pro I can be. Um, didn't put any pressure on myself or, or for production or for, for numbers or anything like that. I more just came in uh, trying to be the best version of myself and get to where get to where I'll feel comfortable um, and then start to build confidence from there. Um, and I think I've been doing that up until this point. First of all, that is fantastic that you got to go back and see your grandmother. That, I mean, that to me is it says a lot about how close your family is to you and you know that that that's awesome that you're close enough to be able to do that how in how close are they with you right now on on your day-to-day with after games before games you know how much contact do you have with your family uh my parents i talk to them every day um i probably once or twice a day i I facetime them and talk to them i talk to my brother every day um my mom has been spending a lot of time at my grandmother's house, so every time I FaceTime my mom, I get to talk to her as well, and then my aunt's there and my grandfather. So I, I keep uh, pretty good contact with them, my cousins, everybody. I, I talk to my cousins quite a bit as well. Does your grandmother have a secret recipe that uh, you love which, that she makes? Uh, um, I don't know about a secret recipe. She she used to cook for me a lot. Uh, she She ended up moving houses for me when I was younger so I could go to a specific school and be in the right district. Um, so I would walk home from school, and she'd always cook for me and, and, and have something go on her. Me and her would go get ice cream or something like that. So those are like more of the memories I, I think about. I don't know if she has like one specific dish that was that was her thing. Are you living on your own? Yes. First time? Yes. And how is that going? It's different. It's weird. I've uh, I've lived with my brother up, up until 18, 19 now. Um, the last however many years we... Lived together at prep school. Well, not really, but pretty much lived together at prep school and then billeted together for two years in Chicago. We were in the same dorm room uh, at Michigan, um, which was tiny, so we were real, real tight um, last year. And now coming here, I uh, yeah, I got my own place, and it's uh, it's weird sometimes. Like It's good to go relax and, and just get, get away from things sometimes, but sometimes you, you miss your buddies from school, you miss your family, you miss your brothers, so it... it uh, it, it takes a sec to get used to, for sure. It's hard to cook for one person. Are you? Have you tried that yet? Yeah, I've, I've been uh, working on my craft a little bit. Um, <laughs> I've been uh, I've been getting a lot of steaks going. I've been getting chicken, pasta, like more of the things that I eat consistently. I've been getting good at making. If you ask me to make something a little bit outside the box, there's no shot I'd be able to. But um, I, I've been getting pretty good at the basics. Well, that I mean, that's tremendous. I. I um it's always weird to cook by yourself. I remember when I was living alone and I just couldn't do it. I'd rather be go out and eat or go to someone else's house. And oh, yeah. do you have the older guys ever bring you over? If you, I mean, we've only been a couple, not even two months yet, but anyone have you over for dinner? Yeah. Well, I, I lived with Patty for about a, three weeks to a month, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, fun, like, uh, cooking fun. Like, yeah, we, we got in the kitchen, uh, <laughs> I know they blew up that story about the air fryer and everything, um, and and how much. Are you cooking your stuff in an air fryer now? Oh yeah, I get in the air yeah, fryer. See, there we go. See, you learned something. Yeah, Cer- certain things are, are, are I, I think are great in the air fryer. Um, <laughs> Patty showed me that. Matzo <laughs> sticks are tremendous. Oh yeah. yeah, a lot of things you can throw in there. Um, they, it came with like this menu that you can like put in right. certain things for however long and what degree. So um, that's that's kind of great. But yeah. Uh, Patty has me over. Um, Booner had uh, a few of the young guys over for for football and, and for dinner one day. So, uh, yeah, they've all been they've all been amazing with the transition. Those are great times. I want to backtrack. You said you went to prep school, Kimball Union, right? Yeah, that's in the East Coast. 
Yeah. How did you end up there? Crazy story. Um, I uh, So in Toronto, I played minor midget with the 2003 age group uh, a year up. Um, and then after that, I tried to replay the year. I uh, started playing the year, but that was the year my brother had moved away to go to Kimball Union, and he started playing there. Um, <laughs> I went to go visit him, and uh, I, I met the coach and, and met the whole facility and everything, and the coach introduced me, uh, introduced himself to me, and uh, I, I remember, I'll remember this forever. The coach asked me if uh, if I played hockey, <laughs> and uh, my dad started crying, and he's like, yeah, I, I play, like I, I I've been trying to just follow in the brother's footsteps and, and whatever. And uh, two months later, I, I came to go see my brother during Thanksgiving or whatever. And I, I just missed him so much. Loved the way the campus was looking in, in the fall and everything. And a center spot had, like, just opened up. And um, I guess, like, people around me talked to the coach. The coach watched some of my film. And he was like, yeah, like, bring him in. Like, we'll see how he does. And uh, I was able to start playing there. Literally, that was Wednesday. I was playing there on Friday. <laughs> you showed up with your gear, and they said, "Yeah, pretty much." We got yeah. a spot for you. <laughs> That's a great campus. I actually toured that when I was living in Nova Scotia. I was blown away at that place. Great spot. It's the middle of nowhere, but it's a great spot. Yeah, really. I I, I noticed that the other day because we were in Philadelphia, and there was a kid waiting for you to talk to you with a Kimball Union jersey, a uh, three-quarter zip-up on. I said, "You go to Kimball Union." He said, "Yeah, I want to talk to Adam." I said, I didn't know he went there. Yeah, I met him. I, uh, I chatted with him a little bit. I think he's, uh, he's there for lacrosse and, and playing on the JV hockey That's team. That's right. Adam, tomorrow you will see the Chicago Blackhawks for the first time in your NHL career. And the game within the game, Connor Bedard, he was the first overall pick this past summer. You were the third overall pick. You're going to go head-to-head with him in the game. And this is a guy that you already know a little bit, right? Oh, yeah. We've, uh, we've known each other for quite a while. A ton of Team Canada events together. Um, he uh, he came. He was in Toronto. He skated with us in Toronto this summer. Um, yeah, we've, we've played together quite a few times. Uh, we've never played against them. Uh, it's going to be the first time I play against them, other than, like, scrimmages or whatever. Um, but great guy. Uh, every interaction I've had with him has been positive. Uh, we're pretty good buddies. Um, he's been doing great, which is going to be a lot of fun for, for tomorrow night. And, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Have you uh, Have you guys talked about this particular matchup at all? No, not yet. No, just looking to wait until it's over and yeah. see who has the bragging rights out of the, yeah. the first go around, the first I, of many go around. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, I think we got some media in the morning, so I'll I'll see him before the game. But other than that, I don't know if we're chatting too much. Now, when you were back uh, at the draft, um, you know, how much did did you guys, especially you guys that were at the top, did you did you hang out uh, much there? Did they have you involved in the the same kind of a media stuff and all that? Yeah, obviously it was a little bit crazier for him um, going through all that stuff. But they flew out uh, myself, him, uh, Carlson, and, and Smith to uh, Vegas, and we we went to the game there. Um, a lot of us got to know each other there. Then went to the combine, uh, continued to get to know each other. It was it was just a lot of fun that way. And then obviously we went to the draft, uh, congratulated each other on on getting picked and stuff like that. And, and it was it was a lot of fun just getting to know each other that way, uh, especially with Carlson and Smith. I didn't know them that well. Um, Obviously, like I said, I, I, I knew Connor previously, uh, so we were able to hang out just a bit, bit more there. And, yeah, it was, it was a great thing that they were able to do for us and, and just have a lot of fun with it and not put as much pressure on it as, as everybody thinks there is. Now, since you've gotten a chance to watch him up close and personal, uh, if you wind up on the ice at the same time, which you probably do, it's at certain shifts, what do you got to do defensively to try to slow this guy down and, you know, the game he has? How do you stop him? 
keep playing in the ozone. <laughs> Make them play D. There you go. There you go. That's pretty simple, right? It sounds simple. What's the perfect game look like for you against him tomorrow night? Um, what does Adam Fantilli do? That yeah, if uh, if we're matched against each other, I don't I don't know. I I I think we play completely different games. Um, so focusing on myself, I'm gonna try and skate skate quick, play fast, be physical, be good on my face offs, get my shots off, and try and make plays where I can. I want to be as sound as I can defensively, obviously, and keep the puck out of our net and make plays when I can, and just try and play the most complete game that I can. You're ready. I was just, I was just thinking maybe hat trick, first star. Oh, yeah, that would be something, <laughs> eh? But I like your focus, I mean, because that's what you – do you hear that, Bob? That's what we were talking about earlier. He has a short focus. You know, everyone focus on their job in all three zones, and it's great to hear that. You said you scrimmaged against them. You mean, like, summer scrimmages? No, uh, I remember we – our U18 camp was canceled for Halenka, Um and the way they did it was they brought – all the U18 prospects for Team Canada to Calgary, and they brought all the World Junior prospects to Calgary, and then they mixed all the teams together, and we would just play against each other, and that was kind of their camp. Okay. So I played against them there. Okay. And what do you, I mean, when we watch Connor McDavid and I talk to players after, they're like, "I thought I was ready for that speed, but I wasn't." You know, he put me on my heels. How, what's he like? What, what's it like to play against him? We know what you're like. You're big. You're physical. You're competitive. You can make people look silly. What what does he like to play against? Yeah, obviously he's a dynamic player. Um, he he can, he can do a lot once he crosses that blue line, and and he can shoot from anywhere and score. So um, obviously he's extremely smart. And he's dangerous. So uh, you got to keep an eye out when he's out there. You just got to be ready. And yeah, I mean you guys have watched him for the last uh, probably like three four years now, and and everything that he's done. So um, nothing that he does pretty pretty like surprises me. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty are, much what I got. Are you looking forward to this? Is this something like outside everyone's talking about it? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Like, I don't know. I, I wake up every morning and I get to say that I'm going to the rink to play in the NHL, and that's really cool. And I get to say that I'm playing against the Blackhawks, something that I haven't done yet, um, something that I'm excited for. Every every new team's that same excitement for me um, in this season. So, um, yeah, there's, there's always excitement uh, away from just playing the game, and obviously playing against Connor is going to be a little bit extra as well. The National Hockey League is tremendous, and we have great fans here at Nationwide Arena, but I watched you go in, we watched you go into Madison Square Garden, and you got to play on that big stage, and I know every time I got to play there, it was a thrill. I just, for you, has that been one of your big moments here so far, is to play that, in that on that stage? You love the big stage, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, in my opinion, that's why you play. You play to get to those moments, um, like World Juniors, World Championships, uh, NCAA finals, Big Ten, anything like that. Um, that's my favorite hockey. Um, I think that's that's the most fun you can possibly have. And MSG was surreal. My my parents came. My brother actually flew in from Michigan to to watch. Um, I had a blast. I was just so amped up to to get into that stage and play in that kind of arena. It was it was really really cool and a lot of fun. You were a beast in that game. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like we 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 get to see you every night. And you're obviously really talented and very good player. But like Jody said, you came out for the first shift, and I was like, whoa. Well, I can't wait to watch the rest of this tonight. I mean, it was it, it was a lot of fun to watch. And I Thank hope you, you had I that much fun that. playing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I hope it shows. I have a lot of fun every single night, and that night was definitely amplified. You know, you talked about your brother a couple of times here. Uh, we went to Detroit a couple of weeks ago. You got a chance to go back up to Michigan and drop the puck. 
before their game against Minnesota, and your brother was actually taking the ceremonial face off. What was that like for you? Yeah, that was really special. Obviously, I've created a lot of memories there. Um, and Yost Arena, the children of Yost, um, it holds a really special place in my heart. Um, I, I had an absolute blast there. I, uh, yeah, leaving after one year is tough. Um, even though I, I get to come here and I get to live out a dream, um, college is, is a lot, a lot of fun. And, and I think it was so good for me uh, mentally and, and physically to, to mature my game and myself away from the rank. Um, I, I, I had just had so much fun in college and, and being able to go back and see a lot of my old teammates um, and a lot of the guys from, from my freshman class and just have a chat with them, read the starting lineup, uh, watch the game. I brought Patty out onto the bench uh, during warm-ups and stuff. I'm pretty sure we distracted everybody. <laughs> um, but And then dropping the puck, they had a video and everything. So it was it was really special. It must have been weird to be in there not playing, though. Yeah, it was really weird. It, it really was. Um, yeah, it, obviously I wish I could have just laced them up and <laughs> wore someone else's jersey. But, uh, yeah, it was, but it was great. It was great to see the boys play. They... Uh, they have a lot of great things going on over there. The world has changed a little bit uh, for players. Uh, you know, back when Jody was first playing and when I first broke into this business, there weren't that many guys that were going to U.S. college to play before coming into pro hockey. And now, uh, you know, so many guys take the path that you take. And whether you stay one year, whether you stay the four years, it seems to be a, a really good path. What what made that so attractive to you to go that, that way? Well, I think whenever I explain this to people, I, I, I have to start with the fact I'm a late birthday. Um, so if I were to go to the OHL, I would have had three years, uh, before being eligible for the NHL draft. Um, and at that time, uh, making the NHL at 18 seemed like such a tall task, um, that you would have to go back for a fourth year and then your fourth year playing against 16 year olds, you're, you're 19, 20 years old. Um, and I was just thinking, uh, it would be a lot better for my development if I went through the USHL, went to college, um, say that same thing happened where I wasn't able to make it, I'd be able to go back, uh, play against 22, 23-year-old men, uh, continue to grow, um, and, and not have that rule between the OHL and, and the NHL where you can't play in the A, uh, which is another great development league. So I just thought it was it was better for myself to, to get better and to mature uh, along that path. All right, well, um, there is a big football game this week since we're talking about you in college, and uh, it'll be in Michigan. And the Ohio State Buckeyes will be there. What have you What have you noticed about being a Michigan guy living in Columbus? Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of OSU everywhere. Well, at uh, least you have a lot of guys around you. Here. Yes, yeah. Me and me and Z are staying tight together this year. Um, but yeah, it's it's obviously it's fun. It's all in good fun. They uh, well for us it is. I don't know about them. They they kind of want to kill us. But um, <laughs> it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean. We, we definitely don't wear our get around too much. I'm going to wear it this week just to uh, get under a few guys' skin. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Obviously, I went to – I haven't been able to make it out to an OSU game, but I went to a concert there this summer, and, and that field's gorgeous. It's, it's really, really cool. So um, everything they got going on there is really cool. Must be nice to be a part of that rival. Absolutely. It's, it's a lot of fun, especially playing in it last year was, was amazing. Um, they kind of bested us in the regular season, and then we were able to figure it out and take it back in the Big Ten playoffs, which was huge when we played back at Yost. So um, being a part of that has always been so much fun. Go Bucks! Come on. You have a, pr- <laughs> <laughs> you have a prediction? 
Uh, my prediction in the other room was, I think, you know what, OSU is peaking at the right time right now, but I still got Michigan winning 21-17. All right. Weekend. There you have it. I love it. Book it. That's what Adam Fantilli says. Adam, thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time for us. Uh, and, again, can't wait to watch you in this head-to-head. We just we love watching you play every day, man. So uh, best of luck to you. Thank you very much. All right. That is Adam Fantilli of the Blue Jackets. Stay tuned. We'll come back and wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge presented by First Merchants Bank here on 97.1 The Fan. Race to the rink at the annual Fifth Line 5K. It's presented by Ohio Health. You can run away with two game tickets, a Blue Jackets branded race shirt, and a shiny new medal. Register today by going to bluejackets.com slash 5K. Bob McElligot, Jody Shelley back with you here on the Inside Edge, presented by First Merchants Bank. Adam Fantilli, Connor Bedard, how much are you looking forward to watching these two guys go head-to-head? The old game within the game, if you will. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I mean, we haven't seen Connor Bedard play, and there's been nothing but uh, excitement and, and and hype about him coming into the NHL. He's, you know, he's spectacular with the puck, and I just can't wait to see him live. And then, of course, Adam Fantilli. We're, we're lucky to have Adam Fantilli here, big, strong player. Uh, we've seen some great moments out of him, but those two going head-to-head, that it'll be an exciting night at Nationwide Arena. I, I'm looking forward to Adam Fantilli. Uh, you know, he's going to see this as a great challenge, I believe. We'll, uh, we'll see. All right. There are no games in the NHL tonight. Can you believe that? Zero. Tonight and Thursday, mm-hmm. no games. A dark night. Um no, I, I was actually surprised at that. Yeah, I saw uh, Jeff Merrick had tweeted earlier today, the only buildings that were available tonight were Calgary, Vancouver, and Arizona. The Canadian teams come to the U.S. because the U.S. teams want the Thanksgiving dates, so they send them down for the Thanksgiving holiday. And then uh, Arizona would have had to play back-to-back home games, which is <laughs> nobody wants to do that in the middle of the week, right? <laughs> no, that's tough, especially in that, that uh, the Mullet Arena. But, yeah. I was wondering why that was happening, so that's exactly why. But is there game? There's no games on Thursday either. I thought there was usually games on. There's never games on on Thanksgiving. I'm just right. don't know why there weren't any today. But you've answered that. Yeah. So I guess it was uh, an availability issue. So nothing around the league tonight, which is, it's very weird. It doesn't happen very often. We had a day earlier this year where every team played on the same day. Well, I'll tell you, Wednesday will be busy, and Friday will be yes. a busy schedule. Friday, you're actually going to go. Uh, I'm going to you're, do you're, Buffalo. You're going to go to the border, not over, but to the border. Just to the border. I'm going to <laughs> Buffalo to do uh, Buffalo Pittsburgh. Looking forward to that for TNT, and then um, yeah, that'll be exciting. I'm uh, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. Well, the Blue Jackets have a really busy schedule. You know, we were talking way back in our first segment about how you know a lot of games, not many days. It's Thanksgiving. This is how it is. Look, everybody that's been in pro sports during the winter knows. Thanksgiving, Christmas. Oh, you're going to get your uh, your days off. At Christmas, the league mandates you get the three, thank goodness, because if they didn't, you'd be playing not all of them, but two of the three. But anyway, uh, it's going to get really, really busy here, Jody. So when you're a team that is in a situation like the Blue Jackets, um, you this is what's going to happen. You're either going to continue to be in a spin, and it's it, – it could get really bad, or this is a great opportunity, and this is what we hope happens, great opportunity to start getting some confidence and then go out there day after day and put it all together. That is the optimal plan, right? Yep. But they cannot look further than the end of their nose and the tip of their skates. I mean, that's exactly what they've got to look at right now. And 
Um, you, know, you don't need to look at the schedule. You don't need to worry about what's done already. You just got to learn a few th- things from the past few games and focus on today. And that's all they could do. And, you know, we could talk about what's coming and what happens if this or that or when's uh, something going to happen. Well, it, it doesn't matter. This team now has to, you know, they, they've talked about the process and they've talked about um, learning from mistakes. Okay, and it's time now to, to move on with that. And it's going to be, uh, there's well, there's nothing easy in this league anyway. And you talked about Chicago back in the first segment and the struggles that they've been having. But then after you get beyond Thanksgiving, you got to go to Jersey. And this is a team that had a great year last year, and they're you know they're continuing to put things together. Jack Hughes is coming back from an injury, so that of course is a huge shot in the arm to them. Then you got to go to Carolina. We don't have to talk about Carolina. They've been the same team for the past five years. They're just going to smother you mm-hmm. the way they attack the entire time. Um, but but there's some – you mentioned Montreal is coming up next week. They're going to be here. Eventually, you're going to go up to Boston. I mean, this is yep. – uh, it's a challenging schedule. It's not just a, a busy schedule, but it's a challenging schedule. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's the best league in the world. So, I love when coaches talk about how they focus on themselves, you know, only. And, and – it's because the belief has to be in the room with the way you're playing. And that's really the situation they're going to unfold. It doesn't matter who they're playing. You know, they've got to just play their game. And you mentioned Christmas. I would like to see the Blue Jackets play on Christmas or, or the NHL play games, at least one game on Christmas. I know the NBA does it. And um, I know that's so selfish because it is Christmas, but uh, it's kind of unique. You know, it's a unique day if you could get a game in there. And maybe eventually we will, but... Um, I always thought that that was – I don't know how it works with the families and the teams, but you can make it a pretty special day um, if you could play on Christmas. That's my opinion. That's something that was talked about. Remember, before the last collective bargaining agreement, yeah, there was talk about that because the NBA owns Christmas Day. Right. right? It, but it used to be – so it would be very easy to say, why do you even want to get in on that? Because they own it and they've owned it for a long time. But then the counter argument would be this, if it was me um, – College football used to rule New Year's Day, and then the Winter Classic came along. That's right. Right? And so, uh, and that's a lot different. Speaking of the Winter Classic, there was uh, a lot of news about the NHL visiting Ohio Stadium here over the course of the last two weeks, and uh, maybe getting closer. Look, the Blue Jackets are one of, what is it, four teams that haven't played an outdoor game or something like that. It's It's a very low number now. But, uh, but they're going to get there. When we were in Finland last year, Steve Mayer, who's the guy from the NHL that sets up all of these That's right. huge events, he, he said it's coming. It's, it's going to happen at some point in time. And, it would, you know, when, who knows. But it was exciting to finally, uh, you know, see a little bit of news about that for me because it, it, I think it would be a great day. Well, the hiccup was always that they weren't the, – the facility wasn't winterized. Yep. So you can't have people in the building when the pipes are emptied and – and, you know, you just can't do that. So that's behind them. They've done that. So, yeah, no, it's, it's going to happen. And who's it going to be? You know, it's going to be Detroit or Pittsburgh. Uh, I'd love to see Detroit and, and Makes a lot Blue of Jackets, Michigan, Ohio State, of course. And then, um, I mean, this town, this is a sports town. And it would just be uh, such a uh, – we know who – the people who live here know how great of an event it, it will be. It's coming, Bob. It's just a matter of when. And, you know, why wouldn't you do it on the 25th anniversary? Yeah, that – again, that makes a lot of sense too. If you're, <laughs> when you're using common sense, things work. However, uh, not everybody buys into common sense. So we'll just <laughs> we'll wait until everything is official. Who, uh, who do you like in the NHL right now? What teams have kind of uh, – piqued your interest as far as the way they're playing well the new york rangers have been very impressive to me and maybe it's because 
you know, I it's funny because you listen to the Ranger fans and they are they're a little they're down on their team because they got swept after they were up two nothing to they got swept by the Devils, their rival that's fifteen minutes away right across the river. And you know, Laviolette goes in and what's gonna happen? Well, they have been on a roll. I love the way they're playing. Um the way that they're uh, playing fast, but also taking care of their own end. They've got a good goaltender. They've got a good system too. So, and their stars are shining. So, I, I really like the way, way the Rangers are playing. The Boston Bruins. It's hard to ignore them. I mean, they are play. Are you hard. surprised by them? Of course. I mean, it's it, we're but we're crazy. How crazy am I to I know, be surprised? But, but that when Patrice Bergeron leaves, it's <sighs> like. Uh, it's like having heart surgery where they don't replace the heart. That's what I thought it was going to be like, but it is nothing like that. No, it, it, they were a buzzsaw in the league last year, and they ran into a team that had destiny and, and uh, on their on their side in the Florida Panthers. And Bobrovsky stood on his head, and you know it was such a it was so close for Boston to take that series too. Uh, but I credit Paul Maurice and, and his team. They played really really well. And, you know, there was a play where Marchand had a breakaway to seal the game of Bobrovsky in overtime. I think it was overtime. Uh, but he didn't score, and then Florida comes back and wins that game and keeps the series alive. I think it was game number five. Anyways, they got to go back to Boston. That's the last thing Boston wanted to do, right? They wanted to seal the deal. So I like the – but to answer your question, how can I be surprised? But, yes, I, I was. I think we're, we're all the same. Like, ah, I don't know. It's the same thing as Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's playing pretty good hockey. Sidney Crosby's got, what's he got, 17 points or something? I mean, it's like, you know, they're old, they're slow. That, yeah. Why does that continue to surprise people just because he's getting older? Because, I mean, like when he was here last week, and it drives you crazy because he comes out with a hat trick in that game. He scores basically two goals from the goal line or below there. But he's done that his entire life. It's not like he doesn't practice that stuff, for crying out loud. It's culture. It's culture. Charlie Coyle is now a star and has jumped in in that role as a defensive center who can put up points for the Boston Bruins. They, Chara Bergeron winning has created a culture now that there's still enough pieces in there. McAvoy has learned from that. Everybody, Swayman, you name anyone on that team. When you are a Boston Bruin, you understand there's some things that are non-negotiable, and it's how you practice and how you play, but that's instilled... In the, in the paint in the walls. You know what I mean? There's an excellence there. And, and, and the same thing about the Penguins. It's Crosby missed a playoff his first year. I think he's missed it maybe once or twice since. And there is something there where it's expected. Malkin is also a horse. He's playing really, really well. And who's the play? Who's he with now? He's with, um, they, they picked up Smith from. Um, Riley Smith, yeah. yeah. And he's been a very good addition. And, and he's playing with Ricard Raquel, who. Uh, I don't know if he scored a goal yet, but he he had one. They were here last week. Right. Still zero. And there was talk about uh, them putting Raquel with Crosby because Rust plays well with Malkin, but Rust and Crosby and Genshor knocking it out of the park right now. So they don't – what great decisions to have to make, right? Well, no, but uh, you go back to all that, but it's the culture that they, that they have there with those stars that have been there and won. So that's why – and even Washington, I know they, they had a bad stop, but they're bad start, but they're back in a playoff picture because they've put things together, and it's not just Ovechkin. They've got some young pieces that won in the American Hockey League that have come in and, and – 
done a good job. So there's keys to every organization why they're ahead right now. Vegas, they're, to me, the anomaly. They they did a great job in the expansion draft. They pushed the pace. They're not afraid to make big moves. Who goes and gets Eichel with a bad neck, and now he works out, but he fits in the system. I credit their coach and the way they're built. Uh, they're playing that system well. So those are the teams, but to me, uh, the – the way the Bruins and, and the Rangers are playing in the East. I like the LA Kings, and, and, I, and I like the Vegas Golden Knights out West. What about Vancouver? Love Vancouver. I forgot about Vancouver. I can't <laughs> believe it. Rick Tockett is <laughs> one of I'm my sorry. all I'm sorry. They're easy to forget about because they've been off the radar, but, oh. man, does he have them back on the radar. Well, yeah, one of my all-time favorite players and people is Rick Tockett. Uh, Adam Foote is there coaching the D, and he's very good at details with the defenseman. They've got Myers, that big defenseman who's in Buffalo, playing defensive hockey. Everybody knows what they've got to do out there. Quinn uh, uh, Hughes is one of the best mobile defensemen. Put him with Makar, the way he moves out there uh, on the line. He's just that defenseman. they got three of the leading goal scorers in the National Hockey League. Um, and then they've got JT Miller, who is where does he fit in? Well, the coaching staff has come in and put everyone in their roles and has their expectations set high. I love watching them play. Yeah, those three goal scorers, Quinn Hughes, he's got 30 points. Uh, JT Miller. Yep. Th- they were the people were ready to get this guy out of town and last year. And it shows you the importance of be having that old that that character leader, right? To me that's important. It's so important and that's what they they instilled that with with him in there and kind of setting everything down and call, putting people in place. Like, hey, no, you're not going to be that guy in the locker room. That's not how this is going to work. You want to win, you're going to be a part of it. You're going to help Peterson, you're going to help these guys grow. And so it looks like he's embraced that role. Yeah, he sure has. And he's got 29 points. Elias Pedersen's got uh, 28 points. Those are your three, those top three guys you were talking about. And so. it's not like Taka went in there and said, okay, you guys, you guys go out there. You're going to get your points. He's like, details. Mm-hmm. Win battles. Uh, be in the right place. And the, and the points will come. What a great story out there. You know, it's funny. When he was doing TNT full-time, and there would always be talk, a job would open, and his name would come up. Yeah. I always thought to myself, why would you leave the cushy job at TNT where there is no pressure whatsoever? All you you can just go through and tell how everybody else is screwing things yeah. up and you're getting paid and there's no pressure on you. Why would you want to go back to that? But he's a competitor and uh, obviously it was good for him to get back into the game. He has things to offer. Oh, 100%. They've got Sergey Gonchar there, intelligent, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, offensive defenseman. Uh, there's just their coaching staff, the way they're put together, fits for the Vancouver Canucks and what they – I mean, their skill is – it's the perfect time for them too because they've got experience. You know, they've got experience with Hughes and Peterson and, of course, Miller, but then some of the young guys they've added there. Um, that's an important part too. You, you can't expect things to happen with young skill when they're not ready to be – in those situations. So timing is right, too, for the players. They were they were craving it. Well, Jody, thank you very much. Uh, great to sit down with you every week, as always. I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a safe trip to Buffalo, and I'll see you when you get with us in Carolina over the weekend. Yeah, go Jackets on Friday. Bob, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and it's, uh, it's a great week. So hopefully the Blue Jackets tomorrow night. This is going to be a, a, a highly uh, watched. There's going to be a lot of eyes on this game, and I think the Blue Jackets uh, – 
you know, it, it's going to be an, an event at Nationwide Arena, so it'll, it'll be fun to be a part of, and let's go, Jackets. Get on the right track here. All right, 7 o'clock game tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena. Of course, you'll be able to hear that game starting with pregame coverage at 6.30 right here on The Fan, and Jody will be on Bally Sports. They start at 6.30 as well. So happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. If you're traveling this Thanksgiving holiday, please travel safely, and uh, we hope that you're at Nationwide Arena for the game tomorrow night, and uh, if you're not, get back there soon. The Blue Jackets with a busy schedule coming up, and it all starts tomorrow. That'll do it for the Inside Edge. It's been presented by First Merchants Bank here on 97.1 The Fan.